Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. I heard, uh, 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 this is going to come up again later, I believe, in the talk. Probably about 15 years ago, I was in a conversation with an individual. I think his name was Rob. And we were doing the casual, how you doing? How you doing? You know, like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? And when I asked him about, so how are you doing? He described this reality, and he described life as a railroad track. And in the, the, the railroad track of life, there are always two things going on. The one side, and it's all the junk that you could be irritated with. But he also described on the other side, there is almost always another side of the track, and those are the things that you could be truly thankful for. Does that make any sense? No? Yes? Is that not life? Do any of you have just a totally perfect, right-sided, perfect life? Then I would be amazed. But I would also argue anybody who thinks that their life is just on the left side, negative, sarcastic, uh uh-uh, there is almost always... The good side, and I, my life was impacted from that conversation. Some of us folks, some of it is up to us. We have got to decide to live and prioritize and be thankful for the right side of the track. Do you, are you with me? Wouldn't it be great if we could do that? It's pretty clearly God's will for our life. There are 92 references in the Bible, at least 92, to giving thanks. There are over 100 uh, uh, to praising God. There are actually hundreds of giving praise to God. Here's just a couple of them. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Psalm 100 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. If you've been around the church very long, you've probably heard some of those verses. And it's not just commanded. We have biblical examples of being thankful. In Acts chapter 16, two Christians are being attacked for their faith, Paul and Silas. And they've been stripped and beaten and thrown into jail. And in verse 23 of Acts 16, it says, After they had been severely flogged, whipped, they were thrown into prison. Verse 24 says, And and their feet were fastened in stocks. Now, just to get a little bit of picture of what these two men are going through, persecute. So here's a couple pictures. I couldn't find great examples. But basically, they've been whipped on their back, beaten on their back, so that it would be bruised and, and perhaps bloody. And then they take them into prison. They put them in an inner cell, and then they put these feet in their stocks like this. Now, what would you be doing if that had happened to you? And if you, of course, I'm bouncing to the end of the story. The amazing part of the text, just, just a side note. It's hard for me just to get to the floor. And then the thought of, I know you can't see me, but if I had been, my back had been beaten, and then they attached my feet into these, I'm sorry, you can't see this. But anyway, really there's, there's no good, there's no what? Comfortable option. Unless you're some kind of ballerina there where you can sit. Like if you have to, you have to sit up because if you lay down, 
your back is raw. There's just no good thing about this picture. And yet, the amazing thing in the biblical example, it says in verse 25 that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and look at that, singing hymns to God. Is that what you'd be doing? That's a stretch. But I ask you this question, who could use more of that kind of attitude in their life? See, that's me. I could use more of that attitude. So to that end, we're going to explore Ephesians chapter 5. Here's where we'll land. Ephesians chapter 5. Try to learn from this text. And here's what it says. The first sentence is going to blow some of your theories on how we're going to be happy and grateful. Some of you are like, oh man, that was where I was my go-to. Okay. Here's what it says. Do not, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And then here's why I picked this text. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The title of the talk this weekend is Thanksgiving 2019, an attitude of gratitude in a disappointing world. At least sometimes it's a disappointing world. And so I'm going to give you a couple ideas that I think will help those of us that need it exhibit authentically more gratitude as we walk through life. And so if you're like me, you could use some of this. And so, uh, by the way, is there... Oh, no, I won't do that. I'm just going to pray. How many of you right now, you know, you could use help in this kind of a thing? You know, the other day, you know, I was driving around like Thanksgiving and Black Friday, all that kind of stuff. There were a lot of angry people out. I remember thinking, oh, we need to move a God. Because we were sitting in just this little line. And it was in the back. And I thought, come on, Thanksgiving. There's a lot of irritating people around. And sometimes it's really easy for us to fall into that. So let me just pray. Father, we live in a world, maybe some of us do really well at it, but a lot of us could use help. We'll need some help either later tonight or tomorrow or this week on how to be grateful even when things are not great. And so I pray that you'd give us some ideas from you tonight that actually I pray for everybody here that this next week we would have a better attitude this next week because we were here tonight. And help that attitude not just affect us, but we might be an example to other people. So help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Two ideas. I'm going to try to hit these pretty quickly. Two ideas to increase an attitude of gratitude. The first one is this. An attitude of gratitude requires some fresh ideas. Some fresh, we're going to have to think differently. Some fresh ideas. From our text in Ephesians 5, 18, says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And then here's this little word in the NIV. It says, instead. It just says, instead. Now, in the original language, there is not a word there for instead, 
it, it's just a, what is that kind of, is that a, cons, what do they call those things? Conjunction in our language? What is that? I, I, I did English like a hundred years ago. But it's a little transitional word. In the original language, it's basically got this idea of getting drunk on wine, not the right idea, and then it has this fresh idea of being filled with the Spirit. But, it, but we in the English language, we put in this transitional word called instead. So you could call this an instead moment or an aha moment. Basically, there's this idea, if we're going to have an attitude of gratitude, we're going to have to think differently than what we were thinking a minute ago. So for me, when I had that conversation 15 years ago and the guy was talking about these two tracks and he decides to live in the grateful side, you know what? That, I remember thinking, you can do that? That for me was an instead moment. It was an insightful moment. And what, what it's going to take for us to have good attitudes in the midst of life, we're going to have to have fresh ideas. Does that make sense? Let me give you another one. I was in a conversation this week with someone who was struggling a little bit, and they told me what their neuropsychologist told them in a meeting. I'm like, wow, you have a neuropsychologist meeting. And I'm, we're going to put it up on the screen because this was helping her. And when I got this fresh idea, it was helping me. The neuropsychologist was describing to her, said, listen, called her by name, the past is past. I'm sorry, I'm not going to rush through this. This is good. The past is past. Nothing can change that. You getting that? The past is past. Nothing can change that. The future is unknown. Why worry about that? You don't, that, let, that lines up with some Bible verses we could go to. We don't know what's going to go on tomorrow. It's unknown. You can't control it. Why worry? The present is a gift. And then the question that she was asked from her neuropsychologist was this. Are you opening it? The now. The today. The present is a gift. Are you opening it? For some of us, that's a fresh idea. It was a great idea when I was talking with her this week. I thought, that's good. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you... And then I've highlighted this word. When I was thinking about it, this word, be content with what you have. So just really simply, are you enjoying what you have today? Grateful for what you, not what you don't have, not coveting what's not there, but for most of us, there's a pretty full basket of goodness Let me give you a little side note, spiritual warfare thought. If you explore in Genesis chapter 3, if you write down Genesis chapter 3, if you've been around the church for very long, you've heard me talk about this before. It's the description of Adam and Eve, and then Satan, or the serpent, shows up. 
And one of the great plans, the great plan in the first deception in mankind, the serpent showed up with Eve and got her to focus on the one thing that she didn't have. You ever thought about that? She's got the whole Garden of Eden, all kinds of fruits, all kinds of things that she can, she can run around and play. They can, they can talk to God, her and Adam. There was, there was no discord. It was so good. It was so good, you guys. And the devil came along inside and said, what that, see that, what's that? That's the only thing that was forbidden and got her all wrapped up in what she didn't have. Don't let that happen. Just focus on what we have. So here's a fill in the blank. Am I enjoying what I have now? <clears throat> a little bit of a fresh idea. Can I give you one more before we go to the second point? This may not make it into tomorrow's message, but I'm going to try on Saturday. You should come Saturdays because every once in a while you, you never know what's going to happen. Okay, this is a... From verse 19 of our text, it says, Speak to another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. How do you do that? Speak to one another with, Hello. How are you? I, 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 did you ever thought through that? The Lord bless you. I was thinking through this, and I had this bizarro, welcome to Saturday, bizarro thought. I was out for a, uh, I was out exercising, and I was thinking, God, what is speak to one another? Psalms, hymns, spirits, how you do that stuff. And I thought of a movie called Mamma Mia. Have anybody seen this movie? It was, some of you, have you at least heard of Mamma Mia? I'm so sorry you've heard of that. Here's the deal. Let me, this is my understanding of the story. It is basically a story of a young woman trying to identify her father, whom she has never met. He doesn't know that she exists. And it could have been one of three different men that her mom was sleeping with during the month she was conceived. Now, that's not a bad, that's kind of what's going on. Is that right? Have you guys seen it right? That's kind of what's going on. So do you, have you ever thought about this? It's really not all that happy of a plot of a film. She's never met her dad. Her mom, she doesn't know which one it could be because her mom was sleeping with three during the month that she was, con have you ever thought about that? And you know what makes it all okay? It's a musical. right? It's a musical, so everything, so you don't know who your dad is. Well, it's okay. La, 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 da, 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 right? And I do want to point to a spiritual idea here, because we were talking about fresh ideas, and it's the idea of don't dismiss, well, no, well, how do I want to say that? Don't underestimate your opportunity to affect your attitude by paying attention to what you listen to and what you don't listen to. Does that make sense? 
Music, most of us would get this. Music has a huge ability to affect our insides. So I just want to interject that. Pay attention to what you're listening to. And if you're down, how about using music, the right kind of music, godly music, encouraging music, to affect your... Some of you feel happier right now just because I mentioned Mamma Mia. And I didn't even sing the song. I'm telling you, okay. So just to, the idea here, the second fill in the blank during this point is this. Use music to steer your emotions. Now that's just a really practical side. I've been doing this for years. When I first became a Christian, I was 20 years old. One of the early things that God, I believe, asked me to do was to, because I, I was a music person, I enjoyed music, very quickly, he began to direct what I listen to and what I don't listen to. And still to this day, what I listen to, what I don't listen to affects my soul. Don't think it doesn't. So that's just maybe a helpful idea. So the first one is an attitude of gratitude requires some fresh ideas. Second one is an attitude of gratitude requires an abundance of God. An abundance of God. Thanks, appreciate that. The text, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Can I get a side note? Now, some of you don't struggle with this, but isn't it easy to go, if you're, if, you're a, if you're a drinker or if you've ever drank, I'm sure none of you have ever drank ever in your whole life, blah, 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 blah. You know what, there's a natural tendency, at least for some of us, when it comes to alcohol, we drink a lot. Does that make sense? I mean, it's like a temptation. It's one of the things that we would do is we would go. And so it says, don't get drunk on wine, but it goes on and says, be filled. So it's using a worldly example. Instead of being filled up on wine, how about being filled up on God? The word there for fi be filled with the Spirit, that's what the word looks like in the Greek it's that word. It means to make full, to complete properly. And then I, I thought this was good. Fill to individual capacity. And it led me to this thought. Well, first of all, the scripture is not an invitation to get a little bit of God. You know, a little bit of God, a little bit of his spirit will not do all that much to affect our attitude. I'm just saying. Does that make, are you with me at all? A little bit of God. In fact, I, you could argue a little bit of God is, just makes you miserable because you're aware of your shortcomings, but you don't get the good stuff that comes at you're aware a little bit of God will make you aware of your sin but it won't empower you to live above your sin does, or, or does that Isaiah 6 by the way if you're new to the Bible Isaiah 6 is a pretty good chapter to read it's one of the descriptions of an individual who actually gets in the very presence of God and his name was Isaiah, and he was a prophet. And here's what it says in Isaiah 6, 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah is saying this. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
And it goes on to describe other things that were in this God's presence. It says, above him were seraphim, which is an angelic being, each with six wings. Picture that. With two wings, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. When you're doing your Bible reading this week, folks, don't read too fast. Just imagine whatever. I don't know what's there. This, this, how tall were I? Just, this is something. So he's seeing God, and then there's these angelic beings there. And it says, they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So he is in the presence of God. Now here's the first, you would think the next thing would be, and it was awesome. Right? Because you get to see the six-winged flapper guys, and you get to be in the light, and what you think, oh. But his first response to the presence of God says this. (laughs) He says, woe to me. First response is not all that wonderful. Woe to me. And he says, I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean. He just becomes aware of his sin. Now, the reason I bring this up is if, it, if Isaiah doesn't get a little closer and doesn't endure more of the process, all he ends up with is, woe to me. I am in trouble. But if you read the rest of the text, he endures this, and then one of those angelic beings goes and takes a coal out of an altar, comes and touches his lips, which, by the way, that's pretty personal. It's this thing. But it, because he endures the process, then what comes out of his neck, then it says, then after he endures some process, then I heard a voice from, of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Now just remember, Three minutes ago, he was like, I'm undone. I am ruined. Whoops, I shouldn't be here. And then after a little more process, God says, who can I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. Here's why I walked through that whole thing. Do you see the change in his attitude by when he first starts, by the time he gets to the end? Here's something you can write this down. It might help, help it make sense. Isaiah goes from I am ruined to I am in because he goes through the total experience. That's what I wanted to get to. That's a shift in attitude. And he doesn't get there without taking some time and getting all of what God has for him. When God was imagining this experience for Isaiah, God was not imagining, I'm, I'm assuming, God was not imagining, I just want to make him feel miserable and unholy. He went there ultimately so that he could say, I want to get him to the place where he says, I will do whatever you want me to do, God. Let me give you a couple verses, and I'll try to wrap this up. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Again, we're talking about how does this relate to an attitude of gratitude or thanksgiving. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, 
We already noted that earlier in the talk. But verse 19 says, do not quench the spirit. It's interesting to me that it's connected to give being thankful and being grateful is do not quench the spirit. You want to have a good attitude? Try not to filter out all of what God had, has for you. And the word there for quench means to extinguish, quench, suppress, thwart, to stifle divine influence. Last fill in the blank. Am I available enough for a complete infilling? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. It'll affect our attitude. Give me just one more minute. What I, encu- I want to encourage you. Oh, well, give me three more minutes. One more minute. Two more minutes. <clears throat> Go for the infilling of God. What do we think he is? I think sometimes we, you know, our initial thoughts are, oh, when we get to know him, then he's going to give more conviction. It's going to be scary, all those things. But starting next week, we're going to do this series. It's called Unwrapping Christmas. And and what we're going to look at is a a verse from Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. We're going to have four different topics during the Christmas series. I think we can put those on the screen, can't we? Isaiah 9, 6. Here's who God is. Who Jesus Christ is. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Why would we not go after that? Mighty God. My whole life I have focused on the second words of the description, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But this week I was just thinking of the first wonderful, he's like a great counselor. He's like a mighty God. He is an everlasting father. You can put it back up. Prince of Peace. For the next four weeks we're going to be looking at those characteristics of God. And I would submit to you, it's a great, great time to invite a friend. And it's a great time to prioritize being at church. Because those things will drive us toward the Father. I hope it's going to be a great Christmas filled with God. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.